My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are. America's last best hope to make the internet safe for absolutely no one. Two people who will do pretty much anything for a pizza. Your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. How's it going, McGuire? Um, I'm a little hungover today. <laughs> What happened? Still hungover from St. Patrick's Day, huh? No, I went to an art <laughs> salon last night of tantric art. And there Ooh, was tantric art. Lot. Was Sting there? Sting wasn't there, but it was in this fabulous brownstone in Brooklyn Heights. My friend Siddharth is a um, a Nepalese art dealer, and the man knows how to throw a party. <laughs> well, judging by the looks of you, I feel like Kali today. With a string of <laughs> well, skulls what you, around what are you doing my neck. Hangover? Did you drink a beer in the shower? No, I'm having a ginger ale. It's the only ginger ale. It's the only thing that works. A beer in the shower. Even the bartender goes. Have some whiskey in your ginger ale. It's like, I, just quit pushing booze on me. The bartenders here at Roberta's know. I mean, they I know. know. I mean, look at the crowd here. Look, look at these people. They're so fresh-faced and young. Yeah, actually, they don't look that hungover. No. It's just <laughs> the old bitch in the booth. <laughs> in fact, they look disappointingly fresh-faced, like they didn't have any fun last night. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna have some fun it's, today. It's our Passover show. Passover, yay! Yay! So we have some Jews I, in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Well, for a change, there are more Jew. Well, there are more Jews than not. I've been outnumbered lately. I, I've been feeling by the shiksas and the goys. So today, well, we're gonna know. we're gonna educate you today. Thank you, Judy. And to celebrate Passover, I brought some of my favorite Streitz's chocolate macaroons. So have one and tell me what you think. This is good for your hangover too. It's just probably <laughs> um, it's all hydrogenated oil and fat, so it can't possibly be bad. Yeah, for Yeah, that you. seems. I really want a diet coke, but I've cut myself off. So. Oh, all right, here we go. Catering here at the Mike and Judy Show with two of our very favorite Jews. Okay. Yay. 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 And um, without equivocation, two of my very favorite people, uh, Rachel Shukart, we're celebrating your new book, Starstruck. Yay! Nice to see you again, Rachel. Yes, nice to see you too. All right. And um, my pocket Jew. We're not celebrating anything for me. Yeah, well, you are the trafe king of the Gowanus Canal, so a lot of fucking nerve you've got coming on here for our Passover show. <laughs> Tell me, what is this trafe that you speak of? <laughs> um, Educate my bot- Bottom feeders. Means not kosher. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, Kosher. I mean, so what? Like oysters are not kosher? Oh, far from it. Far, <laughs> far from <laughs> it. Well, I don't. I think it's pretty binary. What's kosher and not kosher? I don't think they're a matter of degrees. Well, it's like pork is the most non-kosher thing, and then shellfish is also non-kosher, but less anti-Semitic. I don't know. That, I don't know that there's necessarily degrees of unkosherness. Yeah, but and yet Jews love shrimp cocktail. Who doesn't? <laughs> and um, what is what is the deal? Okay, I made this mistake a long time ago. Going to Second Avenue Deli and ordering a cheeseburger. 
Oh, yeah. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Second Avenue Deli. There you, you can't even get milk and there's, coffee there. they're separate. Like, well, milk, yeah, well, milk and meat are Yeah, you don't mix milk separate. and dairy. This it, all comes down it to It doesn't Levit- make a lot of sense. It all comes down from it's, Leviticus, which is the same place that tells us that like homos are bad. Yeah, I remember having this fight <laughs> with my mother about it where I was being like, well, I don't get like why you can't have milk with chicken because chicken doesn't even have milk. And like we got in this one because it was all about like not like having milk with like a, the dead animal of something like a kid in its mother's milk right Cause well, it's why like is a, it a- but since chicken's not a mammal I was like chickens don't have milk what's the difference my mother goes you know what I'm not going to debate this stupid <laughs> shit with you Rachel you either buy into it or you don't <laughs> Well, you know, the problem, I mean, like, it all comes down, my understanding in Leviticus were all the dietary rules and all these things that man must not lie down with man, and you're also not supposed to masturbate. Um, you know, Spill your seed. Yeah, you know, like Onan in the desert. Um, and, you know, basically now we basically sort of cherry pick which of those rules we like or don't like. You know, so every time... You well, know, Catholics do that, too. You know, so Catholics time, use birth control. Yeah, and mixing wool with linen, isn't that... Oh, oh my God, yeah, cotton and wool, you can't mix it. You know, yeah. you're supposed to be stoned to death. Also, oh, yeah, you, can't, you know, if you catch your wife cheating, you must stone her to death. But then you must marry her sister. Well, people that wear bad clothes something. should be stoned to death. <laughs> <laughs> which which part the- of the Bible are the fashion police in, Rachel? Oh, uh, that's in Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. Your people make a delicious cookie. It's a cookie. It's a macaroon, Judy. Well, it's a cookie. It's a type of a cookie. Is it? I think uh-huh. so, It's right? in the cookie family. The it's, it's, might- a, it's a cross between a cookie and a cake. <laughs> it's a cake in cookie form. Now I can't talk because I'm filled with cookie cake. So it's also about your new book, uh, Rachel. Um, We're we're, we're thrilled. This is your first young adult book, Starstruck. And tell me, because I got a copy which you signed for my 10-year-old niece. Is she going to be okay with that? Or are her parents going to kill me? I think she'll be okay. There's nothing that's too... I mean, I've tried to deal with everything that's sort of adult very delicately and euphemistically. There are sex and drugs in it. There are sex and drugs in it. But would you say that they're tastefully handled? Most definitely. Most definitely. Would you say they're tastefully handled on the Mike and Judy show? But they're distastefully handled enough to keep my interest. <laughs> I read it in one It's sitting. a very fine line. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. I read it. I love young adult novels. Yeah. You know. What's I mean, not to love? I mean, I mean, You're why not? Hey, look, yourself. let me tell you something. When I look in the mirror, okay, I've got hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's black. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't actually see like, you know, 40-something Mike. I see like 20-something Mike. Yeah. You know, you're eight-year-old Mike We're sometimes. young adults on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Deep inside. Yeah. Um, but it's a fun book. I'm glad that you liked it. Uh, and it, is it going to be, it's going to be a series, right? It may, a, seri- a book series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. This is the first of three that um, I'm contracted for. I don't know if there will be more after that who knows so this could be like sweet valley rachel it could go on forever but or like twilight or but twilight about sex and drugs beyond the valley well, it's of not the really about there's sex no sex and drugs, and drugs. <laughs> the only no the, I, my book is different in twilight in that people have sex and um they do not become the undead <laughs> and in fact nothing really happens they just are people that have had sex <laughs> and they're glamorous but not glittery glamorous, but not glittery well i exactly. loved what you wrote to to my niece on the inside of the book that the stars within you you know it, it's a positive message yeah i think so i mean i really found that my favorite thing that I've got so the book is the book is set in Hollywood in the 1930s and it's about um, very much of that world this sort of classic Hollywood golden age of Hollywood and it's about three young starlets who are sort of coming from very different places and are at different points in their careers sort of making their way to the top and um, a lot of the reviewers and things that have come out that you know critics and things have said something that I really love because it was exactly what I meant to do that the book has romance in it but it's less about that than it is about like sort of young women being ambitious and um, fulfilling this need in themselves to achieve and to be somebody and it's about um, empowerment and self-actualization and 
And that's really exactly what I wanted to do because it seemed to me that in all of these sort of big YA series, whether it's Twilight or The Hunger Games, you have these girls and they're the heroines and they're being brave or they're doing things that are scary, but they're always doing it for somebody else. Right. You know, it's because they're in love with some guy and they have to do it for him or they're trying to save their family and they have no choice, like in The Hunger Games kind of situation. And I wanted somebody to say, like, it's okay to just want to be fucking famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that's valid. You know, you can just be ambitious for yourself. You can want to achieve because you have a creative vision for yourself and you have a sense of what you want your life to be and that that is absolutely valid. You don't have to be sort of reluctantly drafted into being important. By far the most positive message ever expounded on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, okay to want to be famous. Are the, next, are the next two books going to concentrate on the other girls? Like, are they each going to get a turn or? That was my sort of original conception of it. Um, in fact, the first draft of this book just focused on Margaret, who's sort of the, it was like all from Margo. her point of view. Margot. Who she becomes. Um, yes, but they do kind of come a little bit. I think in the second book, which I finished, um, Gabby and Amanda become like are a little more in this. But, but I think it's become sort of evenly shared between the three of them. And what about television, Rachel? Aren't you like, I, you know, you know, he's going to happen. Is it on the eBay tag. Well, we'll hope. We hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be, right? Wouldn't it be a good TV show? It would be a great TV show. It would be show. a great television show, and, one I would yeah. watch. And what about your first two books? I was surprised you didn't write another memoir. Well, I don't have any more things to write about. Cause, cause now I just work all the time in my pajamas. It's not a very interesting <laughs> life. Well, once you become a Hollywood mogul, then you can write. Then I'll write another like Robert Evans-type memoir from right. my, my reclusive <laughs> perch in the Hollywood Hills where no one has seen me for 25 years. Well, we wish the best of luck to you. No Jew has ever made it in Hollywood before. I know. I'm, I'm breaking new ground. <laughs> Speaking of Jews, Left Cove, what's going on there, Trafe King? Well, I just came to talk about Passover. I, <laughs> I don't have any great achievement like a book to talk about oh just a restaurant we've already covered that well i'll tell you every year uh aaron um his sadaka that's a word you should learn mcguire what is sadaka his charity this is my charity for the his year. charity is that he uh, his family takes me in every year for passover we've adopted mike what about Sara Lee? What is she doing for Passover? Sa- Sa- Sara Lee um, called me this morning. She's in New Jersey. So you um, could be spending she, she Passover pop, with your mother. Up. No, that's that's so not happening. Okay, that is so not happening. All right? I mean, we could talk about... Uh, oh, man. I, I have some Passover nightmare stories. We probably all have good Seder nightmare stories, right? Holy shit, though. Um, Sara Lee's not really into the four glasses of wine. She's not much of a tippler. She's, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of eating involved, too, right? I yeah, mean- and her relationship with food is um, not good. For having some... For having so many dietary restrictions for the holiday, there is a lot of food still still available. <laughs> and, and also, it's, yeah, it's like, a meat heavy holiday. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's tell me about some bread, of the dishes. You know, you know what, my, um, you know what my mother does with a brisket. Potatoes. She ruins it. <laughs> what does she do to it? Well, you know, it's that 1950s style of cooking. Even my grandma, who's She's actually like the powdered good, onion soup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you know that, right? Yeah, I it's like that. It's just like the dry. <laughs> I, I know, but there's a lot of people. And ketchup. What's the matter with that? Exactly. It's like high fructose corn syrup and like, and like you know, MS powdered MSG. And I'm going to take this beautiful piece of beef. This this noble cow gave its life so my mother could dry it out and and then take it away from me before poor I finish. Lip, poor Lipton. <laughs> <laughs> Even even my grandmother, who's, who's a pretty swell cook, she was still sort of locked in that like kind of nineteen fifties mm. idea of what a, a brisket should she be. Now, your people, McGuire, know what to do with a brisket. My people are notoriously terrible cooks. Yeah, but they know they know their way around a brisket. I mean, I've never had like yeah, dry corned corn beef. Yeah, they corn it and they put they soak it in disgusting farty cabbage. <laughs> I, it's repulsive food. My grandfather used to What's make his own corned beef. That? Hmm? What's the problem with that? 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm I love not. farting. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I got a text from Aaron the other day because we were, we were close enough. We can share these things, and I think we can share it. We can share. We can share this text. Um, it it made so, me think of you. <laughs> so pleased with he, he he ripped a fart. He was so pleased with it. He he, he compared it to to our last ensemble of Chicago record. <laughs> okay, no one got that joke. Okay. <laughs> There was another one earlier in the week. There was free jazz never goes over John well Coltrane. on the show. Yeah, falling flat. But I'm really excited to go see your family for uh, Passover. This We're is like very year, excited this to like have. Year, this is like year six. It's the first year you don't have a new book to hawk at the Seder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike. Yes, he does. Bye bye, Miss American Pie wasn't oh, around you know, left. Uh, uh, your ultra liberal uh, aunt. I mean, maybe she needs a copy of Bye Bye Miss American Pie. You can give it to whoever finds the Afi Coleman. It's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, even know what that is either. Well. Later today on the show, Judy, we're going to hide the matzah. It's a, that's really nothing that's so appealing. I want to go look for it. The matzah? Well, no, it's appealing because if you find it, you get a prize. You get five oh, bucks. Okay. You get like five it's like bucks a game. It's like a, yeah. Okay. And it's five pump. bucks. Five it's, bucks is generous. I got like two. We used yeah, to get 20. Jeez. Wow. Jeez, Louise, you were out, out in the sticks. We're used to, well, you were the only Jews there, so you had to. <laughs> yeah, we needed incentives. <laughs> plus, plus the, the cost of living is much cheaper there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having a Seder this year, Rachel? Um, well, no, I don't think so. Are Usually you coming to ours? I don't know. Am I invited? Dude, it's yeah, awesome. Why not? Okay, if, okay. If <laughs> if John Waters were Jewish, this is what Pink Flamingos would have looked like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, it's it's awesome. It's like you classic. mean Divine would have eaten Herosa. <laughs> they still have the aquarium up up, up, up there. Oh, they still and got the, the carpeting and and the, and the bathroom that sort of the eel like died since the last time you were there. The eel died. That's Trafe. That eel is Trafe. The eel passed away. The eel is Trafe. It's not Trafe as long as it's not dead. It's fine if it's just swimming around in an aquarium. (laughs) What are you, a rabbi all of a sudden? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a rabbi. (laughs) All right, I'll tell you what. Let's take take a break on this topic. Uh, Here are our friends, Pussy Glory, with You Look Like a Jew. Asked me, so what kind of New York Jew are you? Isn't that weird? 
Are you McGuire? Yeah. With your cute little upturned nose? What are the different <laughs> kinds? I, well, I don't, I was just Upper like, East Side <laughs> Jew, Borough Park Jew. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, those are two kinds. <laughs> you know, I'm like the house and street Jew. It's like a Russell Dawes Jew, Big on Locks Jew. You know, it's like, well, you know, but the thing with you know uh, Judaism, and that's not Judaism. I prefer to think Judaism. of it that way. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm always going to call it now. <laughs> you would be, you would be a good cult leader if you could just get over this hangover. Yeah, hopefully. I'm telling you, drink beer in the shower. Shower or cold beer. The whole drinking as soon as I wake up to like get rid of a hangover would just make me throw up. It's like Alka Seltzer. You gotta get, you gotta gag that Budweiser. A little hair. By the way, Alka Seltzer very old fashioned, but it works. Hmm. I like the old fashioned nostrums. I, I've, tr- I've actually had oysters when I had a hangover. That was not a good you idea. Get I used to think that California rolls really helped. Well, you need some protein, you need some yeah. liquid, and you need some booze. I don't know why, because it's like they're mild on your stomach, but they have, yeah, they, I don't know. They need a little protein. Cake. Yeah. Fried the avocado, I always thought, was sort of... Fried food, food classic. Did jump she, on a bicycle with no seat. That'll take your mind off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. You are a professional yeah. here. <laughs> you could stab yourself through the hand. <laughs> well, they say Jews don't okay. drink, but here are three who do. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and the wi- the wimpy Mick is like having a ginger ale, a refreshing ginger ale. Oh, McGuire, McGuire. There's nothing wrong with a ginger ale. Ginger so, ale is delicious. Like, I'm speaking about Judaism, and again, Judaism, but it's not, it's not Judaism. What it is, it's just Jewishness, right? But to me, it's like, I mean, being Jewish is, I mean, there's a religion, but it's also an ethnicity, but there's also the culture beyond that. And to me, you know, it's Abby Hoffman, and it's Groucho Marx, and Al Goldstein, and you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, the, the songs like Pussy Galore, You Look Like a Jew, is why the Mike and Judy show is never included in any of the Heritage Radio <laughs> Network literature. <laughs> it's, 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 get, it's getting yeah, on my nerves a little bit. We are like the redheaded stepchild around here. <laughs> it's because you just talk about different things. So, well, you, ever, you, you mean, Rachel, you used to do a Paul Passover show, and I'm, I'm sorry that you're not going to be doing it this year. Yeah, it was a little too sad to do this year. Our friend David Rakoff, who always played God in the show, passed away this summer. So we, I think we just all sort of didn't feel like kind of putting it up without him and that his absence would be a pall over the whole thing. Yeah. Well, maybe good, next year. Has there been any good Passover movies, I guess? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. It's the best it's, 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 movie of all it's, it's, time. It's, but I mean, besides that, have there been any specific, you know, The Last Supper? You don't need another one. Okay, That's the best right. movie ever. Okay. <laughs> Why well, screw with the class? It's, it's, it's true. The Cecil beat me to mill. I like the part, though. There's I do like... Passover scene in The Last Temptation of Christ. Boy, that movie sucks. You know... It you is know, really boring. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta say, Scorsese, his bad movie to good movie ratio is becoming... It's sort of in the balance. He's approaching Jodie Foster. Drink? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that movie, that movie sucks. Age of Innocence, mm, not so much. Oh no, Age of Innocence is good. Age of Innocence is a good movie. Am I, I alone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are the voice in the wilderness. You're, I you're, like that. Movie. You're like Moses in the you're desert. You're more Hollywood than the rest of us Maybe now. I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good movie. I like the Age of Innocence. How did you get all the um, awesome dialogue down in your book? It's so. It's really like watching an old-timey movie. Oh, I, I could hear the characters Thank speak. you. I think a lot of it was from watching old-timey movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting theory. And, like, having, you know, spent the, having had this childhood sort of, like, talking along with them and having, like, this really funny muscle memory about how people talked then. So you... It's <laughs> <laughs> like an inner monologue of Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and also kind of, I really thought about structuring the whole book. And with the second book, 
a little less, but especially with this one, like I really wanted it to kind of feel like you're watching a movie from that time. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the way that the the story is sort of structured and the way that the characters conform to these sort of archetypes. And and that was something I thought about writing a book too, is that I wanted to take a lot of these sort of like legendary Hollywood archetypes, like being discovered at the soda fountain or you know, kind of floating away into a haze of pills and booze (laughs) and like the dark side of fame and like really kind of making them feel really real and and grounded and 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 part of that was kind of conforming to like this sort of movie idea of what something was like so so I really thought about the characters in terms of like well if Margaret's Margaret's the ingenue so how does the ingenue talk in one of these movies you know so-and-so's the slickster Larry Julius is the slickster press agent how does that guy talk you know so it was kind of and it also felt really real to the characters in the sense that all of them are sort of playing roles in a way. So how would they play the character that they are aware of themselves being in the story? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Um, and then also I think, but I also wanted to just kind of have that in mind and then kind of let go of it a little bit. Because I feel like a lot of period dialogue gets a little too stilted and like people are too caught. And I don't think that people spoke that differently than we do no. now. You know, and I So think the ingenue doesn't also talk like Edward G. Robinson? No. <laughs> Everybody should talk like Edward G. Robinson all the time. But when you, ah, he's when in you're the thinking, Ten Commandments, yeah, Dathan, oh, Dathan oh, the Taskmaster. Guess, okay, let's all talk like Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the deliverer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything I everything I know about Edward G. Robinson, I learned from Bugs Bunny. Everything I learned, I learned from the uh, WB uh, bumper spots between TV shows with the talking frog. Oh, yeah, the frog, the Edward G. Robinson frog. Well, that was from, I think, for Courageous Cat, Minute Master. You're too young, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm a frog, shy. Yeah, there's definitely some Warner Brothers cartoon inspiration in (laughs) my book. Do you remember that one episode where, like, they're at the Stork Club or whatever, and it has, like, this sort of, like, Marlena Dietrich, like, in the cab, and Bugs Bunny is dressed as Marlena Dietrich, and, like, Humphrey Bogart's in it. It's amazing. Well, Bugs Bunny was a great drag queen. Yeah. He was was an unbelievably good piano player, a great matador de toros. He was a professional wrestler. There's, like, an entire gender (laughs) studies thesis about Bugs Bunny's. (laughs) But he was good at everything. There's nothing you didn't do. Transgender exploits. Fluid gender. Fluid, fluid gender things. Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm, the reason I'm really not afraid to give my 10-year-old niece your book is because her parents are illiterate. Oh, good. So, <laughs> so, so there's really no fear. Uh, they won't be previewing it. Yeah, I'll still get invited to Thanksgiving next year and have one more rune brisket and pretend it's good. I think, I think it'll be okay. I did try to make it. I mean, I remember early on having this meeting with my editor and talking about that. And she's like, you know... Different kids at different ages will read this and think different things. Like if you, you know, if you sort of have like a boy and a girl and they kiss and then there's sort of like they go into a room and close the door, like a 10-year-old would be like, oh, they're just in there holding hands and kissing. And I mean, unless that 10-year-old has been sexually abused. Right. But, you know, a 16 or 17-year-old will know that they like went in there and did it like crazy. So it's kind of. It's kind of it's actually in a funny way it's the same as sort of what old Hollywood movies had to do like under right, protection code, code yeah. where you expect like a certain audience to get certain things but there's plausible deniability for another audience. But remember how exciting it was to pass around books like Deanie and Forever. Oh yeah. To your yeah I mean yeah, it isn't yeah. as dirty as Judy Bloom. Well, well, when we did our band book party a few years ago and, and you read from Judy Bloom, right? Was, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did from Are You There God It's Me Margaret where no one actually has sex. But they have their period they which their I read periods. when I was like like eight and I was like holy shit I had no that's how I learned what a period was no one had mentioned it to me yet I didn't I don't know why I mean just no one no one felt it was important and I was like what is this thing 
happens. My mother had How me. How do you know when you get it? <laughs> my mother had me so prepared and scared for my period. I think I kept it inside a few extra years because I was terrified. I got of mine late it. too. Yeah, I yeah. Just, I was like fourteen. Isn't this I like still haven't premise? gotten mine? Isn't this like the premise of the movie Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah, I'm acquiring. I'm just waiting for like the knives to start flying around the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Plug it up! Plug it up! And by the way, we're going to your period, Love Golf. I beg to differ. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> What's going on over there at that restaurant here? Serving up the clams and the lobster rolls. Serving how, a lot. How, how does your nice Jewish family feel about you dredging the canal for Treif? Well, we well. are going to be cleaning all the Treif out of the restaurant tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, are you really for the, for the next eight days? We'll be serving only gefilte fish with the jelly. Ah, I'm with so glad you brought this up. <laughs> I'm so glad you. Have you ever had the gefilte fish from the jar? Uh, there's no way I'm ever trying. It's that. not that bad. I hate fish. Gefilte like, fish is really like having a moment fish. right now. <laughs> It's, this is, it's, it's back in the, uh, the, it's like the, the dining lexicon. Oh, this is going to be yeah. like artisanal gefilte fish in Williamsburg. It's yeah, already happening. It, like it's, it's You're like in the a, throes of it. The mayonnaise like a French canal. It's a fishball. It is, you know. Well, yeah. you know, the Jews and the Japanese, we have a lot, like, like um, in terms of our, our um, gastronomy, we, have a lot, we love fish and pickled fish and mm-hmm. pickles. And Japanese pickles. love pickles. Yeah. And, and, also, and, and we're both also notoriously cheap Japanese and the similarities end there how do you how do you eat gefilte fish like do what, you just put it you on a, you put it in your mouth yeah. you put a little bit of horseradish okay uh, or well, some, a lot of some, horseradish in the case of that shit from or the something jar. something red that's very far removed from horseradish but is uh, called horseradish yeah okay. and then like I like the jelly because it comes packed in this gelatin that, oh, uh, I can't handle the yeah, jelly yeah that's like the jelly is is it's an acquired taste. Fortunately, I've acquired. Yeah, that's that one taste. toke over the line, brother. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's like comes in a sort of ball, or sometimes it, you make it in like a larger ball, and then it's sliced, sort of like a meatloaf. Right. Actually, my mother makes a gefilte. She makes a gefilte fish sushi when she does a seder. Oh, that's interesting. Well, and how come I haven't invited to this? Because you haven't been invited. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm working at six years in Long Island. I got. You got another get... couple of years before you're ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 you're a Southern Jew. That's right. You're, you're the rare, rare breed. Where are you from? Atlanta. Oh. Stars and bars. Just like Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, just like, just like Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> just like. You have no idea. <laughs> so, um, are we going to sing some songs this year? At the uh, yeah, One thing I like about uh, Pastor, I keep, because, well, you know, your, your left-wing aunt, I know she wants me to bring my acoustic guitar and start doing protest songs. Oh, She's so been she asking for like... that for five years. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she can feel like you're a reconstructionist <laughs> rabbi. <laughs> well, you know, she's wonderful because... Um, you need to be educated, McGuire. But on the sa- on the Passover table, there's a, there's a plate now. Um, there's always been a plate. There's always <laughs> been a plate. But, but, but what's on the plate? There's, there's, the, there's the, plate, the lamb, right? the shank bone, the egg. But that's the glass. Right? Well, there's oh, the, okay. well, there's the orange. Well, okay. That's the yeah. The, the orange. orange. You know the orange thing. I know about the orange. Yeah. And we also you have. That too? We also, no, I, we don't do it. My parents don't do it. But they've been to seders with the orange. My mother's like, "What's the?" Orange? And, and the reason why there's an orange, and and, and come on, your aunt Audrey would be so proud to hear you say this. Because a woman belongs on the uh, bima. As much as a uh, orange belongs on the seder plate, right, right, you know, and we also so have some douchebag rabbi who was like you know trying to keep the women you know out mm-hmm. of the main event. So there's always you know it's the feminist yeah, seder. Feminist we we thing. also have the uh, Miriam's cup, which was uh, Moses's uh, Moses's sister who rescued him from the oh. river, put him in the river, which is another uh, out there feminist Jewy thing. 
Yeah, my my family too. is more traditional in the sense that all the women just sort of want to get it over as quickly as possible and with as little fuss. And my father drags it sounds out, like, and drags it out. And sounds like the out. women in my life. <laughs> well, let's you know, it's why you know. <laughs> oh, you'll oh. be here all week. Well, Paso, Paso, you know this great liberal holiday where you know it's all about like casting off the chains of oppression, and, and it's always, always relevant. And to right wing kooks like my mom and her nincompoop husband, this just does not really fly all that well. Yeah, we went. To, I, I was actually a part of this seder. Um, Last week at the city winery that Michael Dorff from the mm-hmm. Knitting Factory organizes. And Ooh, was so Lou Reed there? Was Lou Reed he there? He was there. He was. He was not in a good mood. He's never in <laughs> yeah. a good no, mood. No, no, no. Yeah. No, he was. But and Philip Glass was there, and he played. And that was pretty exciting because, like, how often do you get to see Philip Glass? Like, to get up on the stage and play the piano. I mean, that was kind of awesome. If I get married, do I get to break the Philip Glass? <laughs> <laughs> so he did like a preview seder. It, yeah, it's like a preview seder, and I was in it, and there were, I mean, I was like, everybody was sort of like either a stand-up comedian or some sort of like musician, or I don't know, it was cool, and I like wrote a little thing that I read, um, but it was like very, it, it sort of was ta- making all these like casting off the chains with like various parallels, like like the theme was um, slavery in the modern world, so everyone was talking oh, wait, a lot I just, about I just wrote a, like I just, sex trafficking. I just wrote a poem about like Lou Reed. Gun control. Kind of I want to share it with you. I just wrote a poem about Lou Reed. I think we can solve this. I just, I just wrote it right now. This okay. second? Well, yeah. <laughs> Lou, you Jew, I heard your last record and it really blew. You are like... It really sucked, but it's your choice. You should go back to fucking boys. <laughs> <laughs> I, was That's really, a Zen I was really freaked out. My friend Jeff was over at our apartment before I went to do it, and I was kind of nervous because I was like, I know Lou Reed is not nice, and if I'm introduced to him, I know he'll be mean to me, and how am I going to handle that? And Jeff was like, you should just pretend you don't know who he is. Like, Just be like, who's that old lady in the black T-shirt? <laughs> hey, at this point, if Lou wasn't mean, you'd be disappointed, basically. <laughs> We're fastest, to, okay. Fastest we're, half hour on the internet. Before we leave, let's find. Let's see where we can find everyone here, so people can buy Rachel's book and, and buy Trey from the book Aaron. Is Starstruck. Starstruck. It's available on Amazon or in stores. Um, the Tumblr is Starstruck by Shukert. S H U K E R T. dot Tumblr. dot com. You got any gigs coming up, Rachel? Um. Well, yes, I do. Uh, well, on Tuesday I'll be on both the Frank DeCaro show and Seth Rudetsky show on Sirius Radio, and on the twenty seventh on Wednesday night I'm going to be speaking at Word Bookstore in Greenpoint with Anna Godberson, who's cool. a wonderful YA writer who's written the series The Lux and is like a major best selling goddess. So we're going to be in conversation seven p.m. We love the word. We love you. Hey Judy, you've got a reading coming up too. Speaking of uh, readings coming up, at, yes, uh, how, I do. How's it works with a um, with our friend uh, Blair from Shut the Fuck Up Parents, who's going to yes. be on our show in a couple weeks. Oh, that's exciting. So uh, where can we see you, Judy McGuire? Uh, Housing Works Cafe Coffee Shop, April third. Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna come. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be really it's going to be it's going to be a double mitzvah. The triple mitzvah. Some goddamn thing. And you, Lefkov? Oh, I was from Georgia. I never learned how to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, happy Passover. All right, get, happy so get some tray down the little neck. <laughs> and uh, wow. Happy wow. So I say, wow. Passover. Yeah. Wow. Next week is Easter. It's going to be our music special, the Mike and Judy Music Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, it's Mike and Judy for Aaron and Rachel and Joe the Engineer. Glad to have you back from uh, your tour in South by Southwest. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.